well, this is What the Heck, Richard Weck, Season 5, Episode 15, with Alex Zaletsky. Uh Alex has a podcast called AdLibs, where he goes off the cuff, you know, ad-libbing. Uh, he's had guests on, like, uh, for example, Carl Cowan, who uh, was on a previous episode, and uh, he's great. He's a darker uh, comedian in style, like DJ. Prezigosi, and, uh, just a great guy, and, uh, he brought me a smoothie and everything, he's just, you know, fucking awesome, so, uh, thank you for listening, season 5, episode 15, Alex Zaleski, thank you, has some awesome people coming out next month, in, uh, June, so, uh, yeah, the year's going by fast, actually, cool, alright, end the summer with some good episodes. I'm here with Alex Zaleski. Hi. He's a uh, comedian, friend of mine. Uh, You've been in, how long have you been in New Jersey for now? Uh, Just this recent move. I've been here since September, but I grew up here. I grew up in Bayonne. I moved to Old Bridge when I was a little older. Right. And I'm back again. I'm glad to be back. I fucking love this place. I didn't realize how much I loved it till I left it. Right. You were in California, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how was that? How was comedy there? Uh, the scene there was fun. I liked it. I just, I didn't do much, you know, I, I mean, in terms of getting out to certain places, like, I did a bunch of smaller mics. Right. I wouldn't go to the comedy store, I wouldn't go to the Laugh Factory, unless I was there to see a show. Right. But I just really wanted to get good at stand-up, because when I was in Jersey originally, like, I was, like, I was doing it occasionally, but on the weekends I was drinking, I was smoking with my friends, I was like, what the fuck am I doing, man? I need to go somewhere else and get myself in this shit. Right. Yeah, that's so cool just to go there, and I know it's just like a... I know people have, like, mixed feelings on doing comedy there, so I was just curious how it was compared to there yeah. with that scene and this scene now that we have. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's bigger, of course. Bigger, you know, you yeah. see a lot of, of weirdos there, which, of course, you do in Jersey, too, but yeah. I mean in the sense of people are, are going really hard in the direction of, like, an outlandish personality. Right. So they're not exactly always performing material in terms of just, like, acting ridiculous and it's not always the most charming right it's like sometimes you're it's like you just tell someone just acting a fool right but then there are people who are good at it like i knew i used to do mics with this dude sam brillhart who he would do um very like one-liner type corny type material it was good and then he started dressing like a chicken oh and he started doing this thing like chicken scratch sam and at first, it was like, what the hell is this guy doing? But then he right. got on America's Got Talent, and oh. they actually liked him. And I was like, okay, yeah. he's doing it, and it's kind of cool. Sometimes. That's the funny thing like I've noticed about America's Got Talent, is like, most of the time, what they do now is... Um, yeah. What I see now with what they do is, every person that they get on now that wins is... Uh, has some type of disability. And they're all amazing comics, like Drew Lynch and stuff. They all have like, like disabilities? Right? Yeah, like he has um, he has a stutter. Huh. Uh, there was another guy, Ryan, his name's sort of an N, it's really hard to pronounce, but he has like a thing with his hand that's like his fingers are. Is it like Parkinson's or like? No, it's like. Carpal tunnel He like has like no fingers on one hand. 
Oh, he just got like a, a bet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's like really, really funny and stuff, and he he won. And uh, it just is like they always. It always seems like they're looking for you know people like that, and then they just do very well, and they're all like tend to be like good comics, which is good because it's like yeah, you don't want to anything. I think I know the stutter guy you're talking about. I think I saw him when I was in L.A. Yeah, uh, young younger type. Kid, yeah, right? yeah. And he's kind of good looking, but he just got a stutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, he was hilarious. I saw him at the Laugh Factory one night, and yeah. I was amazed by the way he used his stutter for his. Delivery. He's just yeah, he's just, yeah. he's great. Uh, um. Uh, he's releasing a special, I think, soon this year. So he's like going through it. But uh, I saw that um, Danny Brafted shows with him. I don't know if you know Danny. Yeah, I've seen him at Mike's. Yeah, Danny's cool. It's so weird to start with Danny like years ago and see what he's doing now. And that's the cool thing about comedy is just seeing people like even you seeing the stuff you're doing now with like you know I'm gonna kiss your ass, but you did the uh, you just won a competition right at uh yeah I did a Scotty's. Uh, the King of the Mountain competition hosted by Carl and Andrew Rich. Right. I was supposed to do that, but I was too late in getting back to them. I was like, uh, I was yeah. like oh shit. Those spots filled up. That's why as soon as they sent the message, I was just like, I'm, I'm in because I don't want to lose the spot. I think I got the last one too. Right. One the last ones at least. Yeah, it's uh, it's really just, the that crew is so interesting. The different, like, I was just thinking of the different like groups of people that we have and it's all interconnected that's the cool thing about jersey is like yeah that's why you have down here you have like you know the uh jersey city dudes that do the uh that now have uh what's it called them walla mike walla social so it's like cool like everything's you know yeah, I've, I've always always said that about Jersey too. Is like, like when I was in LA, it was very clicky, and I didn't really have friends. I kind of felt like an outcast. Yeah, like I had one friend, Mario Tonti. He actually just came and did a show with me in Denver with Garrett Nigrin. Right. Um, but yeah, I didn't I didn't really fit in with people there. Yeah. Uh, here it's like, you know, th there are clicks. Like you yeah, said, there's the Brighton Bar, there's the Shore, there's the Wawa, there's over in West Jersey, like that yeah. kind of scene. But everyone, nobody's ever like not accepting of like people coming. Yeah. I've never done a mic in, well this isn't true, but most of the time when I do a mic in Jersey, you know, it never feels like, oh, we're a click and fuck everyone else who's not in our click. It's always like, yeah, we're a click, but also let's have fun with these other comics too. Right, yeah, it's interesting. Like I always think like with the group of people, it's like, it's really just like real life Facebook. <laughs> when you think about it, like yeah. with all the people that we know like in common and stuff, it's crazy. Like just, uh, so when did you start doing? Stand-up. I did my first set when I was like, I think I was 19 or I was 20, and I was at the Stress Factory, and it was a weird way that it happened, because like, I was I was like at a crossroad in my life where I was about to be a cop. Yeah. I was about to, I literally got accepted into Academy for being like a auxiliary cop, which isn't oh, much, wow. but yeah, so cool. I, was, I was trying to go down the path of like a federal agency or something so that I can try to make the change, and then I realized how much that wasn't. And how much I, I always wanted to do stand-up, but I was always too scared. Right. And I was like, I just gotta fucking do it. And then one day at community, I was at Brookdale Community College, <laughs> and I was at that point in my like head, like, I want to do stand-up, I want to try it. There happened to be a free comedy show in the lunchroom that day. Mm -hmm. I walked in there, and this dude, I think he was from Jersey, I don't remember his name, but he was talk he was really funny, but he did get into like how he just like pursued it and tried to get a little inspirational about it. And then literally as I walked out of that show, my friend Nick called me and was like, yo, there's an open mic at the Stress Factor. You should go up. <laughs> right. And I was like, that's fucking, everything just lined up. And I was like, I tried it. Right. And 
Yeah, that was like that was like six years ago. Right. So you started nineteen. So how old are you now? You're twenty six. Twenty six. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. Like to me, like I'm twenty seven. How fast things go by. It's just crazy to me how fast the years have gone by. And how long have you been doing it? Uh, six years on July eighteenth. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So you started July but, 18th, exactly. Yeah, and it's funny because that is the same night that uh, Dave Chappelle and Patton Oswalt started, and they started at the same open mic, which is crazy to think, like, Dave Chappelle was, like, 15, and Patton was, like, 22. They literally were on the same mic. They were night. on the same mic. Wow. Yeah, and I think he went up after, like, I think Patton went on first. No, he went on after Dave Chappelle, and Dave Chappelle was just, like, he just said, like, you can just imagine him at 15, how his personality must have been like. Yeah. And everything, just like the charisma and stuff yeah. of that. When like, he talks about himself, like, he says he was very, like, obviously, like everyone else, insecure and stuff. Yeah. And scared, but yeah. I love, like, hearing stories about that and, like, seeing, like, people who. That's a cool thing to me. Like, people who sort of start together and then they make it, like. You yeah. see that, like. Uh, Bill Burr and Patrice and stuff like that. They're like, yeah. It, it makes you wonder, like, how it's going to go with the people we're watching around yeah. us. Yeah. Like, I see so many people, and I'm just like, I see you. I see uh, Tim Rager. He's doing... Yeah, Tim Rager's great, man. He's, like, he's like a full throttle. Like, oh, he's doing it, like, yeah. just over a year, I think. And Yeah, he's just killing it, dude. He's, he's killing it. He's very aware of his, like, presence and timing and writing oh, style yeah. and everything. It's crazy. And I know he's like, you know, everyone is, I always talk with people, like, about when they start, and he started when he was, I think, 34, and it's just like, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, I started in improv, technically. I was going to ask you about this, because uh, I wanted to know if you had any acting or improv experience, based on what one bit that I saw you do. You did that midget bit, and I don't know if you remember it. Yeah, but uh, I say that the act uh, out and everything. I was like, this guy must have done some type of. I knew you were. In yeah, I did. I did. Point, I was like, this guy must have done some acting courses or something, or he's just good at act outs. When I first, I went to William Patterson in North Jersey. Yeah, and I went there because uh, I was. My dad was like, you better fucking go to like a university now because I graduated Brookdale. Right. And I was like, well, I want to do stand up. Right. And he was like, no, well, you better fucking get a degree in something. And right. they had a comedy program, so I went there. I was like, right, I'll go I'll go do this comedy program. Right. And then uh, I got there, and I started doing improv there. Right. The, the improv club. Um, it was it was like uh, games, mostly. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did improv for a long time. And uh, it was just funny, because, like, it was before. It was 2011, so it was before. And I was, like, 16, 17. It was before any of the, like open mic stuff like there was stuff I guess closer always in uh, um, like near the stress factory and like, like close jams there was jams over there there was there was uh, no there was like comedy there like stand up there but uh, nothing near me it wasn't until like 2014 when like out when uh, Angelo started like doing stuff and doing a bunch of shows. Like, well, he was putting on shows. Like, like he started yeah, yeah. doing mics and started, that's when stand-up comedy started to come in the Jersey Shore area. Oh, okay. Because there was like nothing. So like when I started, it was just like, well, yeah, I was like, I'm just going to do this until I can do stand-up. And then it's like, oops, four years later. It's like, you, know? <laughs> you know what's funny? I don't know if you remember, but we did a mic together once. Oh, the, really? The Crust and Crumble. Oh, you yeah, did it. Was very that was yeah. my favorite, that was my favorite, um, that was my favorite mic. That was my mic. That was one that I loved. I wanted to take it over when it was getting uh, 
like last year, I think they like late early last year, like right in the beginning of the pandemic, they stopped it. And uh, that was my first one that I went to. And I love that group of guys. And it was just a shame because we had such a good, like unique group of people. It's like pre-Brighton, like all those people ended up, most of them at the Brighton bar. It's like crazy. It's like, oh my God, it's like, it's like that was like the middle school and Brighton bar and Nip and Tug is like the high school or college. It's yeah, like, it just keeps like, moving on yeah. and on. And it's like, we, we meet all these new people and new people come. Yeah, that was my, that was my favorite. Uh, I like that room because, uh, yeah, like you said, everyone was cool. Everyone was just down having a good time. And the room was small, which I love small. for open mics. Yeah. Because if everyone's spread out, it's like, it's hard to really like do well and like get audience right. reaction. So do you remember what year that was? That that had to be uh, might have been 2019. 2019. Oh, okay. I was thinking early. or 18. 18. 18 or yeah, because I remember that was you know 2015 when I started. So it was like that was uh, yeah that was awesome. That's like you know so weird to think about. Like that was Mark Henley. Oh really? Like when he was before he went to Jersey City, <laughs> and he was just like you know the way he is now, just beloved. But you could just tell like with him. Just seeing him in the early stages and how charismatic he is. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like he almost never goes up with material in mind and does well. No, he just time. does well. He just comes up with ideas. And I think, like, with him, it's just, like, he's he has such a great mind. Like, he's done stuff that, like, when I heard about it, it wasn't unbelievable that he did it. I was just mad that I missed it. Like, uh, before I saw him, like... I guess years before when he was younger, one thing that he used to do, and I never saw this, was he used to like read erotica, like read erotic novels on stage. Oh, really? And like, I can just picture him doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's got the good, good personality for it. like, you know, I'm just like, I would have loved to see that. Like, you know, I was just like there when, that's where he got the, um, the, the big dog nickname for himself at the Press and Crumble because we would call, it was called, uh, what was it called, Dog Pound? So we would call, uh, like, we would call the, like, new guys Pound Puppies. And That's since he was a long time guy there, yeah, he became a big dog. That's funny. So we just started, like, introducing him as that, and then he's used it now. Yeah. <laughs> and now everyone calls now. him it. Yeah, that's, like, that's how everyone knows It's, him. like, crazy. It's, like, that started there. That was, uh, that was, that was, uh, that was really fun. But, um... Yeah, so when you're a, like, I I don't want to be offensive in this way because you're great, but you're a Bo Burgard, right? Yeah, I'm a fan of, of him. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say huge, but yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, I, I, I say he's just, one of my favorites. You know, that's what we just, uh, yeah. that's what I just, like, that's what I just thought. I was like, yeah. I see that, like, a little bit. Yeah, I like. Not in a bad way. It's just, you know, you we all have our influences and stuff. Like, yeah, I like him. I like uh, Louis C.K. Oh, yeah. Regard, you know, yeah, it's, stuff, but it's a shame. Like, Louis was the first person that, like, when I started getting really into stand-up in 2010, I became, like, a huge, like, that's when I became, like, a fanatic, like, nerd about it. And he was, like, on a roll with all his stuff. So, it yeah. was, like, there was no stopping that. And to me, that was cool about him was, like, he, I guess to me, like, all comedians that I had saw, like, Jerry Seinfeld and stuff had, like, they wore the suit, they were nice looking, and I was like, this is a chubby guy, I'm a chubby kid, it's like, you, see you know, it's just like, I can just do this, yeah. it's like, it makes you be able to do this, and, uh, yeah, it's a shame everything that happened 
and I still think he's funny. I thought his last special was good, and yeah, uh, it's just it's such a like it's such a weird time, especially with that. But yeah. I still admit being <laughs> yeah, it's, I I can't. The thing is, I can't deny right. that I love the art. Yeah, because it's just so good. So it's like I can't. Yeah. You know, I always if think, I met him in person, would I be like, hey, buddy? Like, I don't know. Right. Maybe not. I don't know. Right. But I love his art. Right. Like, to me, I always think that's, like, the thing, like, uh, I was mentioning Patton Oswalt. I'm a huge fan of his. He has this bit that's, like, great food is always cooked by psychos. Like, if you go to, like, a great restaurant, the chef is probably, like, the worst person to be around. So toxic and, like, mean and, like, Yeah, I've heard that joke. Like, insane. It's, like, that's the way that I think. It's, like, you know, it's, like, I guess it's cheesy to say, but, like, uh... There's the artist that cut off his ear. It's like, you know, there's people that just, you know. Yeah, you gotta be mad. You gotta be mad. That's why, I like, it's like Tim Dillon, too. You ever watch him? Oh, yeah. Like, he is obviously insane, but he is so oh, yeah. strong as a ranter. Oh, yeah. You know, it's so funny. It's like, he, I so badly wanted to like him. Because I think he's funny. I definitely do. But uh, he's just like, it's so interesting just to see how cool, like, to hear how cool he is and see like how much people love him, yeah. I'm just like so surprised by it because it's like, yeah, because he's he's just real, you know. Yeah, you 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 hear what he's thinking. You don't yeah. have to guess. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Just like with, but I guess that's the same thing with like aware of what's great about him is I just you know it's so funny like just think like when you're 14 and you're listening to Bill Burr and then you just see him like I think of Bill Burr as like the Eminem of comedy. Okay. Like, just in his attitude and, like, his kind of comedy style. Yeah, like, very harsh and, like, cutthroat and straight down the line. But also extremely funny and clever and yeah. just, like, smart. But, uh, um, so who were your other influences before, like, when you, I guess when you were, like, a comedy fan before you started doing stand I guess before I started, um, I did, like, Kevin Hart a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Burr was, was a big one, uh. Yeah, who else? I remember when I was a child, I, I was like maybe six or seven years old, and I saw a Dane Cook special. Actually, I might have been a little older, really, like right. nine, nine or ten. Right, yeah. But yeah, his, he was like a huge comic back then. Oh, yeah. Dane yeah. Cook was like a... Yeah, he was he was huge. It's always so funny to stop with VJ. Like, there's people that just go through like years of where they're like the top person. Yeah, once you it's get there, though, so everyone decides to hate you after. Oh, yeah. It's, it's it, ha- it happens fast. It happens you, like, fast. You have your peak, and then everyone's like, like, screw this guy. Right. I don't like him anymore. Right. Ah, you're not cool. I remember, like, so many people that happened with... There was Dane. There was... Around that same time, there was a Seize. And he was very similar and just, like, loud and, like, you know... Uh, Kevin Hart has it, too. Like, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Kevin Hart. It's Kev- funny with him, because he does... He can still do it. He still has fans. Yeah. But I, I hear people talk about him, and they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't like his stand-up. He sucks. And I'm like, what? Back when right. he was on top, like, everyone yeah. was like, dude, this guy is... The thing that I... I yeah, he's... Just to look at, like, the stuff he's done. I love how much of a hard worker he is, and just, like, it, it makes me so envious of, like, to have that type of energy. <laughs> but um, I think of that, and then, like, Amy Schumer, I was... I always feel like such a comedy hipster when I talk about her. Cause I liked her before she was huge. Yeah, I liked. And then I was like, and then something just happened. She like got her show, and then she got the movie, and it was just like during that time period. I guess it was like 2017 or like maybe 2016. It was just like it just went down, and I was like, 
Oh, you guys should have watched her in like 2008. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like aside from like the possibly the stealing material yeah. aside, like her material never changed subject matter. She right. never dug deeper. So she was talking about being gross and sex yeah. for their, her whole career. And it was like, all right, it was, I, like, I enjoyed it the first special. Yeah. Like, when it was like the second time, I was like, this is just the same shit. Just right. Reworked. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't care. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting to see like how that happens. And yeah, I, uh, I think it's just, it's really, uh, it's really interesting with stuff. So, like those, is, uh, yeah. so, went through everything. You've been doing, uh, stuff in, uh, what was it, Philly now, right? A little bit? No, never. No, not Philly. Uh, I'm thinking of something else. Delaware, Delaware, right? You did some oh, well, mics I did, there? I did one mic with Liam Wolf. Yeah, um, how was that? I heard that was really cool. It was, it was fun. I liked the, uh, the setup they had. Uh, they had a big stage and a, a separate room next to the bar, and tons of people there. Um, pretty good comics. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was they had a, for COVID, I guess, they put a screen, like a big uh, plastic casing over the stage, so you literally felt like a zoo animal when you were performing. Right. You're just behind this glass and everyone's out there. It's just such a weird degree of separation for such an unnecessary reason. Right. Because we're all touching, you're touching the microphone anyway. We're all sharing a microphone. Right. It, no, it just doesn't make any sense. I didn't mean to go on a rant about their no, fucking COVID it's thing. Fine. But it's crazy dude. just like how that whole thing, with COVID and everything, it's like, I don't know how to talk about it without sounding so like, I don't know, fake. It's just like, it's such a weird thing to talk about. Cause, and I always feel bad for people who started after me, who started doing stand-up after me, because I feel like I was in this great period of time of like four or five years of like, oh, it's all gone. <laughs> I remember being like, and it's such a like small amount of time too. But the cool thing was like, just seeing how, the one thing that I like is that for the most part, now that they're coming back a little bit, I saw, but like the one thing that I loved was like when, COVID started and like comics started doing shows. All the comedians I knew, there was like no more bringers, which was awesome. I was like, oh, that's great. Like it completely like yeah. cut them out because they just realized, like there were two things that I realized. Uh, when comedians that I'm friends with started, like the people I started with started doing shows, they started booking uh, like working comics. And it was really cool to see like Mark Norman and stuff like, and people like that do stuff. Cause it's like, you think, there might be like, obviously there's in a celebrity way, like a hierarchy. Yeah. But with comedians, like they just view us as comics. Yeah. Which true. is cool. Like it's you like, can, you can probably it's catch like, like Mark Norman at a bar show. And it's like, he something. doesn't, he doesn't look at you as like, oh, you're just a shitty open micer. He looks at you as a fellow comedian, which is awesome. Yeah, that is, that is good. Cause you have to be humble as a comic. Yeah. If you're not humble, people won't like, at least in the early stages, people won't like you. Yeah. Like you give off that fuck you vibe. Yeah. And it's like, it's crazy because I feel like I've gone into mics with just the slightest idea in my head, like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm gonna do better than these people. Right. And I bomb. Right. That's what happens. Yeah. So if, like, I, if I'm thinking that type of, like, high way over anyone, then it, it just doesn't work in my favor. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, it works against yeah. you. Yeah. It's like, the only, don't, I always wish that I could have, like, a better, like, every time I have fun on stage or I'm more, like, just happy and upbeat about being on stage and it's just like fun for me that's why i do well it's just like when i get in my head that's the thing like everyone gets in their head yeah it's hard like, to avoid it yeah yeah and especially because you have like a like you have like an internet projection of like what you 
perceived as good, so you want to do that. And it's going through that material. With your material, you, um, I don't know how to put this. Was your, has your material changed in any way over the yeah. past few years that you've been doing? Yeah, for sure. I try to get a lot more personal and stuff, and I journal a lot, so I'm always just, like, throwing my thoughts on the page. Right. And I'm able to, like, pick things out, like, that about myself that I can right. play off of. And sometimes the jokes aren't even, and end up being necessarily about me, but it started somewhere right. where I was, like, looking within yeah. myself. The one thing I relate to a lot with you is you just, like, you say what you think, and, like, you're not afraid... To like for it to get you know for people not to understand you at first yeah. and to be like outlanders like not like the chicken soup crab but like, <laughs> to be like oh, yeah, yeah. but to be like just like I have this thought I have this like thing that happened to me it's just very cool to like see that go uh, yeah the thing is I'm very like in my head and insecure in, in a lot of those ways but it's like I have to push against it otherwise it's just not gonna work for me right yeah so I just I have if I think something that's I feel like would be funny to say, but I'm scared to. I just have to, I just like kind of try to double down on it. And I, right. I hate doing it sometimes. Like, I feel like if I say something shitty, I don't like the feeling it gives me. Oh, right. Like, if, yeah, sometimes I go, go on the edgy route because I see something right. funny there. Yeah. yeah. To yeah. me, I always think like with edgy stuff, as long as you're doing it from a like artistic standpoint, I think it's fine. Like, to me, I think it's always, you know, I always think it's the people that do it, <laughs> you know, I've heard this, like the people who do it wrong, are the people who make it look bad. And it's just like, so many people do it wrong. Because you're just in that area of like, at the level that you are. I should be more, I always think like, why am I so intolerant to bad comedy when I see it constantly? Yeah. I'm constantly exposed to it, and I'm still like, not like, nice about it. I should be like, oh, it's an open mic. I should expect people to not be hood. And it's like, this is, it's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just hard to watch. Like we're still audience members. Yeah. It's like, it's like a fucking. It's like what's it called? Purgatory. Yeah. Just sitting through a revolving door of shitty yeah. comedy. Like the one thing that was really uh, when I went to Texas over the weekend, well, that was really awesome. But it was right. It was right in the same area where uh, the Tony Hinchcliffe stuff happened. Oh, that must have been and interesting to be there for that, that. He got canceled around that area, and just every other comic was just talking about him and talking about it. And it's just like, you know, going to these different mics, it's like, okay, this is like, you know, I want to stay for everyone and be like, you know, I had to leave a room with them. Like, this is like, I can't sit through another. <laughs> They're not even jokes really about him. They were just like opinions, and it's just like, I. Yeah, at that point, it's like, who cares? Like, it's right. not funny. Yeah. No one cares what you think. Right. Who gives a shit? Everyone thinks what they think. No one cares what anyone else thinks. Right. So it's just like that. But what was cool was just, like, seeing that. And everyone was, like, in the same situation I was, where they were just visiting for, like... There was a lot of people that were just visiting for a few days, because uh, Joe Rogan, I guess, owns that club that we were... One of the clubs that we were doing. So it was... It was oh, really he cool. actually does own a club out there? Yeah, yeah. Like, new... Uh, he had, um... Uh, was it the creek in the cave? Creek in the cave, yeah. He he doesn't own that, does he? I think so. I think he might have like a part time, some type of thing. Maybe. Maybe. I I know for sure that they started in uh, Long Island City. Yeah, in New, New York. Moved yeah. it to yeah. So uh, it it was it was just awesome, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was really. But 
yeah, doing stuff. So your material has changed. Did you always have like your sense of humor is like pretty dark? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I always have. I like having dark comedians on because they're always like just the. They're usually the nicest people. Usually nice. Like Eric is very is pretty dirty too. Yeah, and uh, I was just listening to your episode with him. He's a very sharp guy. Oh yeah, he's fun to listen to. He just—he's very opinionated. Like the one thing that's like, I think he—he he gets off like, I think some people just are turned off by how, like, he's just a comedy nerd. So he really pushes you to be good. Like when I got on a show there, uh, he was just like drilling me like just you gotta get this set perfect you gotta do it and that's a good friend it was just like it was good like he was yeah. sitting with me and like he was like going over my stuff and he's like and tags and stuff and i'm just like this is so cool it's like being in a laboratory like an evil scientist and being like oh my god this is like crazy like, yeah when, when you're just, like picking something <laughs> apart with someone like your materials on the yeah thing, it feels good it's like and it's it makes you so much stronger like that's why i wish uh, and I blame myself for this too, but like people should work together more in like our local scene in terms of like oh, trying yeah. to write each other's materials, taglines, yeah. and I remember, all that kind of stuff. Uh, one of the first mics that I did was uh, Espresso Joe's, I think it was called, and uh, it wasn't Rockin' Joe's, it was Espresso Joe's, and uh, it was um, it was just a small like coffee shop, but. Uh, me, uh, Mark, Henley, and, uh, do you know Jack Sager? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't he the guy who looks and sounds like Bill Burr? Kind of, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Uh, well, when we were, when I was starting out with them, we would do this thing where we would go and we would, like, you know, it's so funny. You know how Brian St. John had that game with his show? Yeah, it's where, coming back, where too. It's like going to the comedy cove now you know how he has that that thing that one game where it's like two people have to talk about a topic together like just off the cuff yeah like that was one of the games that we did like as writing like to help each other write oh, or really? like just take a topic like and debate it huh. and then try and like do that and that was really cool it was just like you know because it pushes your brain it pushes your brain yeah. and it's like even if you don't have material on it it's cool to, like get that like view and to me i think you brought something up with like how you get along and how you act like do you feel like like i always remember this is just like socially i am always so hard on myself with how i was when i started out did you feel like you got along pretty well with other comedians when you started out no i was too shy oh really honestly. i didn't really i wasn't outgoing until like this year like this past year Oh, wow. Because I just kind of had to force myself to be. Right. I never, I was the type, I would come do the mic, I'd put my head down, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I'd be, I didn't want to approach anyone. I would just do my stuff and leave. Right. I, I still do that sometimes, but now yeah. I actually, I talk to people. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it didn't make me any friends. Right. And I realized, because I thought like, oh, I could just be good and it won't matter, but no, it matters a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it matters a lot. And it's such an interesting thing to say. Like, whenever I meet, like, a younger, like, a person that's new, I always say, erase the word, uh, like, um, like, erase networking and network from your vocabulary. You just want to find, like, dope people to do cool shit with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All you, you need, need friends. You need people you enjoy. And that's the cool thing about comedy is you're, you're just, your stuff will go. Like, to me, that's what's cool is just, like, migrating to different groups and finding different people and just being like, oh, this is so cool, like, 
and that just gets you on shows and helps you with stuff. And with me, what was interesting was my personality was a little bit different back then because I was so used to being, I was held back in kindergarten, so I was so used to being like the oldest growing up around everyone. So, you mean like as a comic or? So, when I was a comic, I was younger. I was younger than everyone yeah. in the whole area. I was 22. And it was just like, you just have, I was so opinionated back then. <laughs> yeah, that's the hard part. Like I wish that, that I, I wish that I had that opinionated side back when I was, because I remember I used to do stuff that like I can't even imagine doing now. Like yeah. when I would, would do like mics and stuff at bars, I hated doing that. But I would like be like mean to the crowd and be like, pay attention to me and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But like, I can't imagine like saying. That isn't, that a, isn't the hard part about being like a young comic though is that we always have so many opinions no one gives a shit about right. a 22 year old's opinion yeah it's like who cares what you think even if you're right who gives a yeah. shit yeah and then it's like you know you're just surrounded by all these people and to me that was like always so cool like i'm always so happy like that everyone is pretty nice to me now because i always think like i always have this thing where i would be like holding myself accountable more than other people would be like i'd go out and i'd be like I'd apologize. I'd be like, oh my God, I'm such an asshole. And then they'd be like, oh, we don't remember that. Or that's fine. We don't yeah, remember yeah. that. And I'd be like, I'd get frustrated because I'd be like, no, you're supposed to hold me too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, was... Just in your head about every single thing. And everyone's yeah. like, man, who cares? And I constantly put my phone in my mouth. I'm like, this is not good. <laughs> yeah. But then you just realize like, that was the cool thing. That was one of the reasons why I had my roast was partly because I wanted it. Myself, this is like a weird, like, I guess, thing about my personality is I saw Carl had it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I want one. <laughs> and then the other part was I was so bad at, you know, I had my like schedule, especially at the Brighton. I would just, uh, I would stay for a couple people and then leave. And I didn't yeah. stay the whole entire time. Yeah. And what ended up happening was everyone would like make these jokes about me. And they wished, they hoped that I was there. They didn't know that I wasn't there. Yeah. And it was pissing off Mike, the bartender, because everyone was just doing material about me and I wasn't there. Um, and uh, <laughs> it actually got so bad that uh, I don't know if you were with us yet, uh, but I guess it was like last year or a couple years ago, maybe 2019, we had a, we had a night where Angelo had like a jar and like no one could say, if they wanted to say my name on stage, they had to put my name in the jar. Because <laughs> it just got that so bad. Like, yeah. you know. No, at the Burn Bar, it was like so many sets were about you. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, and I felt so bad because I wasn't, like, that was my problem. I just wasn't there. And like, I just was really bad at being that good hang. And I was like, I gotta end up doing that more. So I did that for my roast. I was just like, I'm gonna have this so that everyone who's ever done it can, you know, <laughs> yeah. get it out of their system. And also like, I just made it better to myself to do that, because... Is there a tape of that? Uh, there is. I don't know what my mom's doing with it. She said it's too dirty, but I don't know. Like, it didn't seem too dirty of a night of what we did. I doubt it's too dirty. But, uh... The internet's it, a it wild fun. place. So. It was really fun. It was, uh... It was... It was easy and tough, because the Brighton Bar is great, but they were, like, way too relaxed about it, I guess. So, like... I had this stuff that I wanted to do, and like they were good with it, but like uh, they're really good. But it was like they were way too relaxed for me to like, you know, really want to do what I do. But uh, that is ballsy it to was get cool. roasted. 
Yeah, it, I would be. I would be okay with that happening, but I can. I know I would be so uncomfortable in this uh, situation. Yeah. Well, it's so weird. Like people are so surprised by it because, like, to me, I was made fun of, like, mostly in high school and middle school, and like, so uncomfortable. And the way that I should put it is, it's like boxing. It's consensual. So, like, when you box, you want to be facing the greatest. Yeah, and like comedy, you probably. Well, I make, don't, because I would right. lose quick. But, I yeah. hope I'm not facing. The but I mean, like metaphorically, like you make friends, you boss, and like yeah. you want to face the best people. You want to get. That's better. the same way yeah. with comedy for me, and like roasting was uh, like being roasted. Was there's just that thing that like people do, like as a camaraderie of comics, is just making fun of each other, and yeah, you know, that's part of like the lifestyle, I guess, socially of what you do, but um. With me, it's like, yeah, it is like slap boxing. The way that I sort of view it is, it's consensual. So like, I like it. That's the reason why I like it. Like these people are allowed to say this because they're comedians and they're friends of mine, and yeah. they know me. And like, and you're giving the very, pass to very like, few, so. very few things actually like really bother me. Like actually like trigger me away. So it's like interesting to be like the things that people say and the stuff that I don't have a problem with and the stuff that they do. It's like. But uh, it's really cool, and it's interesting to people because I was so sensitive, and as a kid and as a teenager, and it's just like now it's like I love it. I love being made fun of. When I met when I met Dan, uh, he was um, the first night like he instantly like started making fun of me, and then he was roasting me, and that was awesome. And then after the mic, I like talked to him. Me and my mom talked to him. And he was just so nice, like he and his, like, you know, just so... Danny Brad? Uh, no, Caprio. Oh, Caprio, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. So, it was just like... And now, like, the cool thing is, when they do that, when people do that, like, the thing that's cool is when people roast you, like, you can use those jokes, like, as yourself. Like, yeah. that's what I would do with Dan. Like, he'd give me, like, he'd insult me, and then I'd be like, oh, I can use it on stage. Because a lot of my stuff is very self-deprecating. Yeah. Which is, you know, very tough, actually. It was tough at the Brighton Bar to do because everyone was so supportive and like especially nowadays like I don't complain a whole lot about cancel culture and stuff like that but the one thing that I hate is when people awe at you yeah, yeah. Like, that, that's so annoying when you know you're going for a joke and, and it's like to me I'm like yeah. no this is silly I'm not like you know I'm not being and I try not to be like am I coming off as yeah. you know like uh, like pitiful I don't want to come off as that it's just you know these are things that are goofy. And the way I sort of explain it is like, if I make fun of anyone else, like, I feel like I'm the elephant in the room, so the elephant in the room has to make fun of, you know, himself before he makes fun of Kanye West. It's like, I could probably just make fun of Kanye West, but I like to do that in the beginning to show like, I guess, I don't know, humility or whatever. It's just like, but you I like, break yourself I like doing that, like, you go you know, but I have a sense of humor and some people just don't, Sometimes just don't like it, and I think it's you know one thing that I have to learn to deal with and not blame people, because it's a much better. I feel like as a society, people are getting better, but as like comedy crowds, they're getting worse. It's yeah, like, there's, it's there's, like, it is a mix though because like, you have so many people now that are kind of just unhinged and they will laugh at anything. Yeah, and then you do have the other group that like doesn't want to laugh at anything because they don't think anyone should get their feelings hurt. Right, and to me, I'm such like I always never want to be that person because I know that. I'm like this super progressive, so like, annoying progressive. So I'm like, I never want to be that. I always want to look at it as like the way that I live is just like, it's an art form, and as long as you're doing it to perform and you're not doing it to hurt people, it's the people that do it to, you know, for their own agenda. Either way, yeah. to just 
her people or yeah, get some type of point across. It's like, that's it's, what I don't. Yeah, it's obviously just a bad person. When I look at but you... they are so rare. Yeah, when so I look rare. at you and Eric and different people who do dark stuff, uh, I just had uh, VJ on, uh, VJ Persosi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, VJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all, we all do dark stuff. So I it's love, like... I love doing dark material because it just... It tries to rip me past my own bullshit and just put it out on the oh, table. Oh, yeah. Like, whatever, like, bad negative things I might be thinking or feeling. Right. It's just a way to work through it, honestly. It's like therapy. And it's humanizing because, like, people all have thoughts on things. And it's a good way to, like, relate to a crowd because a lot of people just have those things. Where... Yeah. And it's it sucks when it's always kept under the surface and everyone... You know, is isn't just like fake life mode all the time. You know the way you have to act when you're going to like the grocery store. Oh like, yeah. It's not like I'm gonna walk up to the cashier at at Stop and Shop and be like, "Hey, these fucking all these fat people in here, right? Let's fucking get rid of them." Right. Like, they're, they're gonna be like, "Huh?" Right. Like, they might like it, but <laughs> right. That's not what happens on a daily yeah. basis. Yeah. So you, people, I feel like people always got that sitting underneath. Yeah. That they just want to talk about sometimes. And it's. Uh... Yeah, it's just so interesting to me to have that, like, sort of thing. So, with, I guess that was, was that kind of a contrast to people? Like, do you think when you started, like, being sort of shy off stage and then being sort of the way you are on stage? Yeah. Was there, like, a disconnect to some people, do you think, or was well, there? Well, I, th- I think, you know, in, if, if I were those people, they would just see me as, like, a kid who, you know... Doesn't see, oh, he comes in, he leaves. Okay, whatever, bye. Right. Like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Who cares about this guy? Right. Plus, it's not like I was great, you know? I was just a kid starting out, so... I mean, I had... I always had different kind of ideas and premises, but... Right. I was never good at working them all the time, so... There was a lot of bombs, so... Oh, I don't know. Yeah. But I think, uh... I don't know, maybe... I always wondered if people thought I was, like, an asshole or, like, an egomaniac. Right. Yeah, that's, that's the vibe it comes off if you just run out of there. If you just run out of there, yeah, yeah, that's one yeah. thing I noticed, is, like, you just need to be, like, there and present. And that was the only thing that I disliked about the Brighton Bar crew was that people would, like, leave during people's sets and people would hang in the back and I'd be like, we have to watch everyone, mostly. <laughs> like, most people are really good. And I always felt like those people, like, whenever I did shows and stuff, I always want them to be on the people that didn't get noticed because I'd be like, these are the people that you never see. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it's cool, though, with everyone. And... uh, I think it's important to be able to adapt to those those types of rooms, though, where... Like, there are rooms that are terrible, you know? You can't get anyone to pay attention to you or anything. Oh, yeah. Or there might be no one there. No one... Everyone's mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh... The, um... It makes you good, though. Like, oh, it makes yeah. Like, so... Like, I, I have... I think back at, like, experiences I've had where I might go, like, two weeks straight just straight bombing at a bunch of shitty mics. And, oh, like, yeah. I'm about to have, like, a mental breakdown. And then I do a show in front of real people and I crush because I've been so, like, right, yeah. by these shitty rooms. Yeah. That's the one thing that was bad about COVID to me was, like, when it started coming back to doing comedy was, like... It was, like, my... My whole entire, like, I guess, plan as a comedian of what I do is just, like, out the window. Because I was just, like, performing for... That was what was great about going to Texas was, like, oh, I get to be on an actual show. It's, like, I haven't done that since October yeah. when we did a... Uh, I, I counted it as a show because it ended up being, but it was a mic. was, uh, I think you were there. It was uh, Donna's. 
Uh, Yo, that was fun. That was a good time. That, ended, that was like a mic, but it ended up being like a show, and I was like, oh, that, that was fun. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, real people showed up, people and, showed up and I was people, like, this yeah. is great. And to me, I was just like, that was great. But with me, I guess it's like, you know, you have that formula. You have that formula of like, uh, you know, you work on your stuff, and then you do it at a show. Mm-hmm. And to me, there was none of that when... They start coming back. Yeah, because there's like, no show, so you're just doing mics. So you're just doing mics. And then the one thing that I hated, like, when I perform at, like, a, it came like this at the uh, Crust and Crumble, too, is, like, when you perform in front of just comics, it's so different. Because it's more conversational, and it feels less of a performance. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, this is, like... And I always think, like, with me, it's like, I can't do a whole lot of stuff. It's like, everyone knows me. So like, if I just go up and go like, hi, I'm Richard, do all my material, like no one's ever met me before. Yeah. <laughs> be like, that, you know what, that's, that's the one tricky thing with stand-up is that those are the mics where you almost have to put it on like you're doing a theater yeah. in production. Like, you don't give a shit if no one's in the room. Right. It's like, I'm just doing my material as if this room was full. Right. I need, like, that, yeah. that's how you power through sets when they're going bad. Yeah. Is you just do it like theater. Yeah. And, like, fucking push through. This is a question I haven't asked a whole lot. Uh, I always have, like, I always found out that once a year, or like a couple times a year, I'll have one joke that just doesn't work. But I love doing it, and I always want it so hard to work. Yeah. Do you have any bits like that? Pretty much all my material, because the way I write is so weird. Oh, really? <laughs> I fuck it. Like, I hate all my material, oh, but I love it at the same time, because... I don't know, it's just, I feel like it's different. Oh. But one right right now, I, I think you've heard the joke I do about, uh, like, the way they make chicken nuggets by just throwing oh, a yeah. and using that to just... That like, one's make, great, yeah. Yeah, that one, it's like, the crowd reaction is never great, but I know there's something, like, it's just so silly to me, the price right, that yeah. I do not want to let it go. I, I like that, yeah. To me, like, the first one that I ever had was, uh... It was a one-line joke. It was, um, I like my women how I like my coffee in a coffee cup. And I love that joke because it's absurdist and, like, people can just imagine it in whatever way they want. Yeah. Like, is it a, like, is it, like, a miniature person in, like, a coffee cup or is it, like, a giant woman? Yeah. Or something? It's giant like, woman stuffed into a It's just, like, cup. what people can think of, like, you know. <laughs> and it's just a one-line and it never, it worked at a coffee shop once but it's just like I just like I wanted that to work and then the one that I had was recently which I made like a whole chunk into was my Kanye West bit oh and being a silly goose and being a silly goose and that was that was hard because I kept like coming up with new stuff with it and making it longer but people just didn't like it and now people get so annoyed by it like on their comics they're just like they hate that <laughs> like, but it's like that's like four minutes of material and it's just like to go through everything because the thing that I added to it was that uh, like that I have a fear of birds uh, when I wake up in the morning like it doesn't hurt but like my ankles like they crack and stuff like when I wake up and walk downstairs yeah. so I added that to the joke and I was just like what if there's this anthropomorphic goose I go downstairs and he's like in my kitchen and he's reading a newspaper and listening to NPR like a douchebag his name is Terry, like an asshole, because I have a bully throughout my childhood who was named Terry. And his name is Terry? Yeah. Terry's so a nice I, name. So I call him Terrence 
to, so part of the joke, and this is real, I call him Terrence to annoy him. <laughs> it's like, so that was part of the stuff that I added to it. And it's just like, and to me, what I noticed with you is like, when you have an outlandish thing, you just have to like, you just have to explain it as best as you can and hope that people come on the ride with you. Yeah. Like I'm a big Daniel Tosh fan and he does that a lot. Yeah. Where it's like, he always has that like, those gags where he's like, you know, I can stop this joke right now, but I can keep going crazier until only two people in the audience know what I'm talking about. Like the same way. Yeah. It's just like rolling it out so it just feels normal. Right. Yeah. And it's cool to see like your, especially like when you're doing it to see how your, your style like just goes through stuff. Like to me that was just the coolest thing, getting more comfortable on stage. Uh, do you feel more comfortable on stage as opposed to when you started? Oh, so much. I don't ever, I barely, I rarely ever feel any type of fear anymore when I'm actually performing. Right. Like, at all. And it's just like, I don't know why, I guess just because I've been through the motion so many times, like I get nervous before going on stage, but right. when I'm up there, I do not care. I, I probably would say anything, or do right. anything. But, yeah, that's so cool. Which makes me nervous because it's right. like, I don't know. What the, I really don't know what's going to happen did, that, did your podcast help with that? With yeah, getting you? It, yeah, it did. And honestly, improv too. Like we were talking about improv. Yeah, yeah. I also did UCB 101. Oh, really? That's. I wish yeah. I could have done that. I just did local improv, which is, you know, that was fun. And to me, that was like, there was like an A team and a B team. And I was always on the B team. And I wouldn't be on the like, A squad people because they were just, they were great. Yeah, they were probably they, experienced. They, they would do stuff like... You know, they do like physical stuff, like carry, like, like they do like, you know, when they do stuff, they like do physical stuff, like carry people on their shoulders and stuff and like really yeah, crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. And like with me, what I always said was like, I couldn't do voices, I couldn't do impressions. So to me, I could just like, the one thing that was cool was I could just like exist. It was like, okay, as long as I can, you know, as long as I can uh, hang with the group, That'll be fine. Like, that's yeah. the way that you're like... At least you're there and you're part of it. And you're part of it. And then you're like, at least yeah. I can commit something. And I'm surrounded by all these great people. Did yeah. you feel like in UCB, was that... Do they do, like, more, like, long... They do more, like, long-form stuff, right? Yeah, they do when you get into the higher levels. But I only did one-on-one just for the hell of it. I wanted to have fun. Because improv right. is fun. That's improv all I Improv is fun, yeah. And uh, I was... It was just a class where we played games and the final show was a collection of different yeah. prompts. Yeah. Uh, we would pull a word from the audience and we'd work on right. that. Yeah. But uh, it just, it made me feel comfortable, you know, being on my feet with nothing planned to say. Right. Yeah. Like, then my podcast does that too, because I just rant off of basically fucking nothing every week. So if right. I'm ever on stage and I have a moment of, I don't know what I'm going to say next, I don't get nervous at all. Right. I just, I'm just chill. Because I'm like, whatever happens next, even if it's bad, who cares? Yeah. One of the first ones that I listened to on your podcast was with uh, Carl. Yeah. On Mike. Yeah. It's so weird now. I don't know what to call him because I work with him. <laughs> oh, it's Carl. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. I don't even know who Mike is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's very interesting to work with him and like see his voice like change. Yeah. Because Carl was such like a different voice in the character. But he's great, you know. What was that like doing that episode with him? Was Oh, it's so much he fun. He must have been like so ready to play because... Yeah, no, I used to... I only... I had him on specifically because you know him. Like, his, he has so much in his head that in his he head, just yeah. rip on. And it's interesting. I, he was like, perfect for my podcast yeah. style because that's exactly what I do. It's It's so crazy to be, like, to work with him and see him, like... 
he's not the character at all, but you can see how he makes the same jokes and similar jokes at work. So it's like, you can see how he gets, oh, he got that name from that thing or that reference. Yeah. Or he'd be like, oh, he's watching that movie now. So he's listening to that music now. So you're just watching his work life. (laughs) You're watching everything happen. And it's like, oh, (laughs) this is, this is like seeing inside of a machine. It's like, uh, it's like a mouse that works the big man suit. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, wow. This is, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's really great. Um, we were talking about earlier, I was thinking, uh, with crowds, uh, I don't know if this is true or not. I was thinking, are you good with hecklers? I feel like you would be. Sometimes I am. Uh, I think I've gotten a lot better recently. They don't happen too often though. And sometimes I wish they would just to see like what I could do. Um, What's it called? Yeah, but I, I've had weird interactions with it, hecklers, too, where I, it's like, oh, fuck, I could have done that better. But oh, anyway, yeah. That's like anything. To me, I always was like, I always battled with just never wanting to hurt people and then having fun with it. Like, to me, when I would, you know, when I would yell at crowds to pay attention to me, they would like it. Like, people would like it when I would get, like, meaner. And that would be, like, that was fun. But I remember when I, I used to, the one thing I hated about doing bringers in New York was... Whenever I did my religious material, I would, because I'm an atheist, I would, you know, I would make all, like, 20, 30-year-old young people laugh, but then, like, I'd make their, like, 80-year-old grandma upset. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like, yeah. I feel like, I don't want to, like, hurt your grandmother's feelings and make her have a bad night, but also she's heckling me during my set, and I... Yeah, but that's the, the hard <laughs> part of it. Like, you're never going to please everyone. And I just remember, uh, I just had this one set where it was just, like, fight or flight, and it was just, like, play. I just, like, completely, like, I was, like, two minutes into my set, and I just, like, this lady, she was either, like, 60 or 80, she was just, like... She was not having it. And I did this joke, which I can't even believe that I did. I felt so bad about it because I didn't feel like it was my sense of humor. Was uh, Charlottesville just happened, that whole thing. Okay. And I don't drive. So I made a joke about how, like, if I drove, it would be like that. Like, I would just hit people. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And it didn't make a dent. Like, it didn't offend people. And uh, it really didn't make any type of dent. But there was one old lady that just got mad at it and uh the thing that annoyed me was like she was mad and then she's like you can keep going it's like i'm in your depression but i was so like shut up because i was like i worked on this material for for like three weeks i'm not doing the material that i planned this is just a joke that came into my mind and it's darker than what i was used to doing and i felt so bad i was like oh my god and i just left and then what was cool was uh afterwards after the show comedian that was there that I became friends with later, he uh, he went up to her and yelled at her. <laughs> he, was yeah, like, he was like, don't do that. Like, yeah, he's right. And like, you know, he's like, don't do that. Like, you know, but I felt so bad because I was like, it's that fight or flight thing. You're like, oh, we should have made fun of her or something. Or, you know, you always think like you make a, but that's always the hindsight thing. Yeah, but like, I feel like all parties involved are placing themselves in a situation that could be bad for anybody. Oh, yeah. For the comedian, for the audience member. If, if you're either heckling or you're getting heckled, just know that it might not work in your favor. So it's like... Right. Uh, it's, I don't know, it's just... I, I feel like there's no reason to feel guilty. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, of course. It's like, because, yeah. You're fucking... If you're going to a comedy show and you're going to be upset and, and start right. saying something, you know... It might not work out well for you. Right. If you're a comedian and you want to try dark shit, yeah. people are probably going to talk some shit back to you because right. that's what you're putting out That's there. the one thing that uh, 
I think, like, that's good to hear that you're aware of that. I always think, like, that's the one thing that annoys me about a lot of people that do, like, offensive material is, like, I know, like, words have meaning, and they have impact. You know, they <laughs> We're do. just desensitized to it. We're like, like oh, it's just a joke. Yeah. But at the same time, you're still saying You're still saying shit. words, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to me to be like that. It's like, you know, to me, I always find it just so, like, complicated to, to talk about because there's always such a, like, I guess a judgy thing with me is, like, you don't want to come off as, like, that person that's just, like, oh, that's not, like, just too prudish or whatever. But also, you don't want to be, like, a dick and be like, oh, just, you know, don't care about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But that was what was, you know, it's always an interesting, like, minefield to go through. Uh, I was going to ask, uh, you, have you ever had any, uh, like, strange or, like, interesting things ever happen to you at a show before? Like, anything that you can think of? I can think of the worst experience I ever had doing stand-up. Oh, really? I was in, My- <laughs> yeah, I was in North Hollywood in, in Los Angeles, and it was, uh... A fourth wall, Mike. In fourth wall, there's three locations, little tiny rooms, and you sign up online, and ten people to an hour. So those mics work because they were all day. You can hit so many of them. Right. And uh, but it was they were nice little rooms, and uh, I was the owner was cool, Joe, but I was at one location, and it was a room full of comics. They were all friends. They were all assholes. Right. You know, respectively, so they were fucking dicks. That's right. just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. And I was just nervous being there because I was, I haven't been doing stand-up too much in that moment, like that period. Right. Like I was so, I think I was so new to LA and uh, I was just trying material that I've already had and it just wasn't going over and they were heckling the shit out of me. Like everyone in the room, like, fuck you, boo, like talking Uh, shit. They were like fucking calling me a faggot and shit. uh, I was like, oh man, this is rough. I, I kind of took it on the chin, though, but right. I think after that moment, I literally couldn't have my feelings hurt doing stand-up. Right. Because now yeah. it just doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always so, like, I always just think of that. Like, that's one of the questions I always ask is, like, when people have those moments. Because I feel like that's always, like, that's the one thing that I always say to people who have, like, stage fright and stuff. I have to be more sympathetic to people with stage fright because I don't have it unless it's a big show. It's just, like, I've been performing for so long other things so it's like I'm used to it. but the one thing that I always say is like and this isn't really necessarily true but it's true most of the time is you can never physically get hurt doing stand-up like that's the one thing is like it can hurt you emotionally it can hurt you financially but it can never hurt you physically yeah it very rarely will someone try and fight you yeah it, it happens occasionally it happens occasionally not very often not very often yeah <laughs> so uh so there is a little safety net there but honestly sometimes I would rather get physically hurt than emotionally hurt because that right. shit hurts oh, more, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I hate that shit. Yeah. Ugh. It's like, well, you already have a weapon in your hand. You have a mic. It's like, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to ask a couple more things. Um, so you mentioned your dad a little bit. Does uh, Is your family, like, cool with the comedy thing? Or they? how do they? Yeah, they're cool. They're, they're, very, they're very supportive because they know that uh, I work hard and I don't. I, I don't really fuck around. Like, right. I'm serious, so right. they respect that. And they, I've, I've also talked to them in the way of, like, this is what I'm doing, and I don't care to be anything special or big. I don't care if I have a lot of money or a job right. or a family. It's like, so you know that I'm going to have a good life. Right. I'm going to take care of myself, but it's not going to be ideal in the traditional sense. Right, yeah. I think and, that's just the one thing that you have to accept as, you know, 
a performer in any type of or any type of artistic thing that you do is as long as you like that's the one thing that's cool to me now is like working with Mike Bill Carl now is like you know it's like for so long and I have a safety net of words and have to but it's like I still do want to have a, like my main goal is just have a day job and be able to do comedy and now I have that and it's like that's sort of what you just need and it's like to me the one thing that I wanted to ask was do you have any like I know that you just won the that comedy competition do you have and you're still like how many years did you say you're in now? Uh, six. Six? Yeah. Yeah. So, six. Um, so, do you have any, like, it might be too soon to ask, but do you have, like, any plans for, like, an album or anything? Or uh, I think once I have, uh, when I have one hour of material that I'm proud of, I want to record it and put it out on YouTube. And have it like well right. done, yeah. Like special. Well done, yeah. And I know I can pull it off because I'm I have a good mind with production, and I know people who would help me. Yeah. Shoot it, and you know I would I just want I just want a really solid piece of content. Right. Just to live out there and for people to enjoy, and just because that that shit's eternal, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah but I just want one special, and if it's out there, people can watch it whenever they want. They can watch it in fifty right. years. It's you know it's always there. Right. One minute. I'm just gonna. Just... All right, uh, but um, yeah, it's good. Uh, I was happy about that. I was like, you know, it's so funny. I was, I was doing this because rarely I just rarely I do this in person. I love to do this in person because it's just so much easier. But it's like I was like, I should get him water. I should offer him coffee or something. <laughs> I was like, think of all the social things you have to do. Yeah. In life, that's the one thing that's hard. Is like. Social contract stuff. Yeah, like, you, you, have to, like, you have to think of other people. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is what I have to do. And to me, it's just like, I'm happy about doing this in person because it's going to sound good. And it's like, <laughs> that's the one thing I'm happy about. This is going to sound good. Like, that's the funny thing about Dan Caprio is uh, we're very close. We're much closer than people originally thought. Uh-huh. So, like, when he makes fun of me and stuff, like... Yeah, it's out of love. It's out of love. Yeah. But also, he's very honest. Like, he's one of the best people because he's very honest about what I do with the podcast like when I started it it was like yours where it wasn't necessarily like improv like I had things that I would talk about but it was just like my opinion on shit mm. and then I wanted to interview people but it wasn't until last year that I started when I got a better system of doing it and I had it like back then and I was like okay this is like what I can do and the reason why I did it and I think the cool thing about like you having yours you can probably relate to this is you meet so many great people in comedy uh-huh. and you're like, I know like that we spend so much time like through Instagram and through Facebook, like sharing what we do. We're, you're always trying to share like the stuff that you come up with and your set. Yeah. But it's cool to share your group of yeah. people that you know. Yeah, yeah. And to me to interview like tons and tons of people, it's just insane. It's like just insane the number of people that I've gotten and like, yeah, it's cool. You've, the very, you've, you've had so many interviews. The very couple, like, now I've had a couple of headliners come on, and I'm just like, this is what I want to do. And it's like, I don't care what, I don't really look at it that way of like, oh, I just want to, like, migrate from doing just these people and then have famous people. It's like, I want to have everyone of all, like, stages of comedy, because I think that's very helpful to people mm-hmm. who are starting out, too. It's like, they can just see it from all angles of, like, yeah, this is a person at this level and that's true. this higher level. You're giving it a chance and a platform and a perspective 
to the yeah. show. It's not just it's the like, same type of people. It's like a behind the... I remember William said it's like a behind the music type of thing. People, it's like you gotta... And that was... That's just such a... It's just such a cool thing to like get into the mind of people. I really am happy that you did this. Uh, we were talking about your family a little bit. Um, so you're, they're very supportive, you said, of what you do. And they sort of accept like... Yeah, you know, they're, 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 like, they're very cool with it. My parents are very loving people very strong too you know right. i get so much from them were they uh like were the, was the police thing like push on you or was that your own that was my choice uh but it came from like oh you better figure out what you're gonna do next right yeah and i was like well, i'll be a cop i don't know yeah and that's, that's a... at the time i was very into like deep into conspiracy theory and like what, what was going on with the government and there's right. a lot of bullshit attached but there's also a lot of truth that i said right. i was like if i get involved i can you know maybe who knows down the road i could be like an edward snowden and expose these right. assholes <laughs> these terrible people uh oh, that's funny. yeah edward snowden that's like that's a weird thing to mention because he's like one of the people that like got me more politically active that was like that was just that time period i was just like oh and that's how i just became so disillusioned with everything <laughs> But, uh, yeah. It's hard to get a footing on reality nowadays because yeah. the internet is just a wash of information. It's like, and you, you, you could be lied to from any angle, and you can't, you, there's no yeah. way to tell. And we're, we're pretty much close in age. We're like, you know, we have an exposure to the internet that is so unique, mm. too. Like, younger kids are getting into it now, and that's their whole world. Like, to me, it's like, I remember, like, before YouTube, when you wanted to become, like, a super famous person, you had to go on, like, either MTV with the real world or uh, mm-hmm. American Idol. And now yeah. it's just, like, there's TikTok and stuff like that. And just, like, I just look at it and I'm, like, I don't know how. I don't think my generation, <laughs> I think my generation would have handled it. Like, I know people aren't handling it well, but I don't think our generation would have handled it any better than yeah. now like what do you mean it's like, a good thing that we have like you know some type of barometer i cannot imagine like how much crazier it would be if simon cowell had to deal with these people that are like oh yeah, that would, that'd be so bad these tiktok twelves. Like, yeah. he would hate him i don't i don't think he would do his job anymore no. he'd probably quit yeah it's like but it's cool to see like that projection of just like how things go and with the internet of course how just, you know, how easy things are accessible now to learn. That's really cool. But, um... Yeah, I so, don't... The, it is nice because now there's there's not, like... There's less room for gatekeepers yeah. and things like stand-up. And oh, like, yeah. You could just blow up on the internet and then, you know, yeah. sell tickets that way instead of, you know, fucking giving out hand jobs at the comedy right. cellar or something. Right, for, it's such a yeah. it's such a weird mix because like you can do that, and there are so many people that do that stuff, and it's just like you gotta. I'm I'm always envious because I can't do that. I can't. Uh, the way the joke that I make about it is like, it's like being like a cam girl online and doing comedy. It's like, it's like I don't have any comedy tits to show off. Like yeah. I can just do comedy on stage on stand up. Yeah. It's like I can't do skits. I can't do anything. No, it's, it's hard. Like, it's like that shit is hard to do. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like oh I get so envious of people that can just do that and just be like I'm gonna make this video for like 15 seconds and it'll be fine. <laughs> like it. Yeah. And be like I have to come up with the perfect 
like set to do. But it's cool to see that like to see different ways that people do comedy. And uh, I wanted to get into this with your family. Do uh, were they big into comedy too? No. Yeah. No, just funny people. The way I got into it was um, when I was really young. I always used to hang out with my brother and his friends, and mm-hmm. they were nine years older than me. Oh. They didn't want me around. I was just right. a shitty little kid who was hanging oh, around. Wow. And they were all so funny. They were always making each other laugh, and they were hysterical. And I was like, I just want to make these guys laugh. So I, I watched like specials with them. Right. And then I would just I was always thinking all the time, and I would always practice on my friends like jokes and shit. Right. And it always like I kind of developed a more mature sense of humor at a really young age. Right. And uh, since then, I've just been, it's, I always look for jokes and shit, so. Uh, my family was a big influence that way because they're all kind of, they all are dark humor types. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's cool. Uh, just hanging around that and being around that was very right. helpful. It just sort of, yeah, it gets into your system. Uh, that's really cool just to hear because, like, I'm always interested in how it sort of starts with people, like, it's it's very cool just to see like with that. So, have you watched uh, any recent specials or anything? I did. I think uh, there was the Nate Bregazzi one. That was oh, great. Oh yeah, I gotta watch that one. Um, who else? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There was I I watched the same ones over and over again. Oh yeah, the ones that I like, I just yeah. watch again. And I liked uh, my favorite's Theo Vaughn. Oh, yeah, yeah. I could watch that special over and over. His Netflix one? Yeah, yeah. It's a good one. He is, uh, yeah, he's a... He's very good, yeah. He's very creative. Very creative, yeah. That's um, kind of what I, I... Just so different. Like, no one's like him. Right. And I've seen... Apart from that special, I've seen him live a couple times afterwards. Right. And even now, he is so different from what he did on that special. It's so creative, and I can't... I hope he releases another one, because... Oh, yeah. God, it's it's so like I don't know. I keep saying so. Right. It's so no, it's, it's so. It's it's, uh, I I always say like like, and I'm always uh you know I'm always so conscious of everything that I repeatedly say, and uh, but um like I said, it just happens with how you talk and uh, with um so who have you seen live? Uh, I've seen a bunch. I've seen Bill Burr, Chris Stefano, uh, Mark Norman, Sam Marill, Louis C.K. Eliza Schlesinger, uh, Dane Cook, uh, Michelle Wolf, I think, opened for Louis. Oh, uh, right. I just remembered something that I was told. Uh, you did some producing stuff, right? Uh, in terms of, like, shows? Yeah. Not really. Oh, no. you didn't? No. Oh, I heard. Okay. No, I've, I don't Maybe think that I, wasn't right. No, I never put on a show like that. Oh, you that. never put on a show before? No. Oh. I should. I really should, just for fun. Okay. All right. Never mind. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Rumors, you know, that's a game right. of telephone. Right. At least people are talking about me. Yeah, tell people. Yeah, right. no, I produce shows. <laughs> yeah. Know that about me. I do that. Yeah. I just heard, like, some, like, you did something with Chris Stefano, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, uh, what, what happened was in college, I started the comedy club. Like, oh. I, I created it, and then they gave me a budget, and I was like, I want to, but I did it my senior year. Right. And I was like, I need to get a fucking comic in here, like, just for the experience. And I was like, I went to Gotham, and I saw Chris Stefano at the at the club, and I was, that he blew my mind. I was like, right. God, this guy's so good. I want to get him in my school. 
and then I hit up his my my professor, my like who did stand up. She actually knew his agent. She right. got me in yeah. touch. I was emailing them, but then there was this catch twenty two going on where the school were cunts. They didn't want to give me the they don't want to front the money until after the performance right, yeah where the performer wants the money before the performance so that they were not meeting me halfway right. and they were giving me so much trouble with the budget that um the I, I had to like call it off and chris Stefano's agent or manager or whatever was uh i was emailing with and he was so mad at me he was like Aww. you never should have done this and i was like oh no right but i was it was i learned a lot because like now i kind of understand how booking a headliner works yeah 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 um so that's good to get but i never did it again right <laughs> I fucking took the knowledge and walked right. away <laughs> okay now i feel better that i didn't you know <laughs> I always feel like that's the one thing that's bad is like you hear something and then you're like is that true I hope that I'm not like hearing something that's uh, I, don't, true. Yeah. I mean I don't care any which <laughs> right. way but uh yeah it's interesting to just think like it's hard you know to put on shows like I've never I did that once with my roast and that was just like that was me trying to do too many things at once because before my roast uh like on the same night I had like five comics that like I like to do like sets before and that was cool because I was just like I wanted to expose people to some people and I was like this is what you know this would be good and then I won't have to make it like a whole entire night of just being too long and this can just be two hours <laughs> like fine <laughs> but it was I'd really like to do that again because I look at the material that like everyone has and it would be cool to like mix like different people mm. in different shows yeah like yeah. it'd be cool to like have you and like bj on a show together that would be really awesome i'd be like why do you think our our styles i think your styles are very up. similar and yeah not in a bad way very good like no no i see i agree he's, yeah and the one thing that's interesting is he's very good with hecklers and the good thing like about you and him it's both the same is when you have that dark sense of humor you never know how the person's going to be on stage and most of the time they're very nice yeah so when i first saw you i was like I was curious. I was like, is he going to be a nice guy like BJ? Was he going to be? As he was on stage, and I was like, <laughs> it's always so funny. Like, you have that thing in your head of, like, what's this yeah. person going to be like? Yeah. And then. That'd be a big red flag if I was just as big yeah. of an asshole off stage as I And was then I remember stage. just, like, hearing good things about you always. Like, Liam said you were great. And I was just like, okay. So when I reached out to you to do the podcast, I was like, I always, that almost felt weird because I was like, I didn't quite know you yet and i was like because usually that's what i do i just go with people that i know and yeah you know what i always do too is i never realize that people don't know me right so i always just assume everyone knows how i am right and i just kind of assume i'm cool with everyone that's not always the case yeah so it's yeah it's tough because you're like you don't know when yeah but to me i always just when you first came around i was like oh yeah so it's like someone that'll have to get on uh so it's it's an interesting thing just to get people on it's uh i forgot to say this in the intro uh i'll probably do it in the intro but this is uh season five uh i think you're episode 15 episode 15 nice so yeah it's it's interesting so when you do it in seasons do you just take time off in between seasons uh no actually i haven't been but what it's cool is like the 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 system that i use uh i started doing like uh i guess every it's 18 or 19 episodes is the season 
that's what I've decided, like, okay. to make it. So that's what I'm able to do. Like, with Anchor, it was like, you can pick out, like, your season. So I was like, I'm going to make it whatever. That would be the episode of Cap. It's like 19. So I'm on five now. And it's so weird to think, like, I started the podcast two years ago. Well, no, 2018. And then it's gone up a bunch of seasons because of just having so many comics on and being like, I'm going to cap it at 19 comics and then 19 people and then just go. You know, I'll have, you know, once in a while I'll have someone else on that's, you know, performer of some type. But, yeah. you know, it's mostly comedians. And it's cool just to, like, go through. I always say this, I have, like, this whole list of people that, like, go through that I have to ask to be on. And the number now... It always goes back to the same number of people to ask. 133. It's like, that's always the number that it stays at. Wait, it's like, so I have 133 people more to ask to be on. Wow. That's, <laughs> like, a, fucking, that's a long line, yeah. bro. It's You're going like, to in this for like the next 20 then, years. Yeah, and then it's like, just like going through the group. And then to me, that's the cool thing is just like reaching out to people. And what I'm doing now is like, like probably what you had to do with, you know, what you learned to do with, uh, your stuff with your comedy like group thing is how to how to contact people. Yeah. Like I did um, when I had Jay Marco on, uh, I didn't have to go through his people at all. I thought that I did. Like I messaged him on Facebook Messenger, and I was just like, "Would you want to do this?" And then five seconds later, I was like, "I probably should have gone to his manager. I probably should have gone and emailed his manager." And then he just messaged me back five minutes later hmm. did and, he come here no no we just did it okay uh, over and i i had it really good so i was happy with it but he was great you know it was just like he was cool to talk to and uh there's this other comedian keith reza who um, i'm having on and he's a professional comedian who has he's a huge fan of um norm mcdonald and he's opened for him a bunch oh nice and stuff and uh he has a podcast too where called uh i think i forgot what it's called but um he's interviewed a bunch of famous people like he just had bob saget on and uh oh that's sick yeah, yeah and you he, had him on so i'm having him on next month and i had to go through his manager which was cool like it was cool just to go through the date and everything but uh set up the date and everything if but, you want me asking do you have to pay him uh i don't know i probably maybe i will yeah yeah i think maybe. i might have to but uh i wasn't thinking about that maybe i do i probably do but what was cool about him was, uh, you know, I've been a fan of his for a long time. He came out with a special on YouTube called Make It Happen, and it's on Spotify as an album. And uh, it's his first special. And uh, so I followed him on Facebook and, you know, friends on Facebook. And I shared my set from the show I did in Texas, and he shared it on his Facebook my set oh, and I was like oh my god that's like so cool like a professional yeah. comedian and then probably I got you some hits and then I talked to him and I was like yeah and then I talked to him and I was like oh my god that's so crazy and then he said that he liked my heart and he liked you know what I was doing and uh it's always just so cool like he's just and he's very he's just very awesome so it was just like okay that's cool that's something that's like and you know it's like it makes you feel like trying not to get it. egotistical but it's like oh that's like a good recommendation thing. It's like, okay, this headline thinks I'm funny. It's like, that'll be... Yeah. You know. It also just goes to show that, you know, what you're doing isn't for nothing. Right. Yeah. Because that's what, the one thing that's tough is, like, you never know what you're sort of reaching at. Like, to me, I always, I always ask, like, what people are sort of going for. Because 
for me, like my main thing is I want to be able to release like albums. That's my main thing. I listen to comedy albums all the time on Spotify. I love it. And I think like, I just want to be able to put out content and that's the biggest thing. But also it's like, I don't have like these dreams of grandeur of like being super famous. It's just like, I want to be at that level where it's like that Mark Norman type of level where it's like people know you in yeah. comedy enough to watch you. I don't need to be like a super Yeah, famous you need to be like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of this, like all I want is as long as I can eat, sleep in a bed, yeah. and do comedy and do to comedy. rooms full of people, yep. and I be really good, yeah. I just want to be fucking good. That's all and you that's need. that's it. That's all yeah, I want. That's all you need. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing. Um, so, how do I wrap this up? <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Uh, Thanks for having a bit me. Longer. I love podcasting, and I take any opportunity to perform. Yeah. And you, you do this so much, and you're so consistent, so I knew it was going to be good. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what are you doing for the rest of the day? Anything? Probably sleeping. I'm a little hungover, uh, to be honest. Uh, it was my friend's birthday party last night. I actually did a show in Jersey City uh, with Matt Rivera. He produces, oh, yeah, yeah. That kid, I don't know if you ever caught wind of him, but yeah. this guy produces so many shows. If you go around there and you hang around that scene, uh, it's likely may, he might put you on eventually. Right. So he does the, he does bar shows all over Jersey City, Union City, right. that, that area. What uh, do you do for, like, a regular job you have? Right. I actually just, um, I, I move around a lot. Like, uh, I always get different jobs, but I just got off of doing as a production assistant i remember you for, had a bit about that yeah, yeah doing that well, i was doing it for the equalizer i was in the the office of the art department but the season ended so now i'm kind of off the whole summer and it's a question mark of they might because they are coming back for a season two right will they ask me to come back is i don't know because i don't know who's coming in right uh new people they might already have pas who knows so right. I'm hoping that in August I get that job back and I'm a PA again. But until then, I'm door dashing. Right. You know, I'm going to make money on Instacart and stuff like that just to get by. Oh, wow. Unemployment benefits, too. Hey. Yeah. So Off the system. Thanks for paying your taxes, everyone. Right. It's always interesting. Like, the one thing that I always say, like, I think I said something just podcast recently. is like, the one thing that I equate a lot to doing stand-up is, it's like being a superhero almost. It's like... You go out at night and you make people happy. <laughs> and, you know, you're not stopping any crime, but you're making people happy. And you're you a know. superhero that wants to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, <go> exactly. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's just it's it's so interesting just to have you on and have you. I'm glad you did. Uh, I just noticed you have a tattoo on your arm. Uh, what's that from? Was it? You know, it's actually uh, well. For those who can't see, it's, right. a, it's an octopus eating a pirate ship. And if you've ever seen Pirates of the Caribbean 2, it's almost exactly like the end of that movie. Oh. And the reason I have it is, I don't know if you can see here, right here is a cover. It's the little shape of New Jersey. You see that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, no, it's not. It, well, was, a, it was a cover yeah. tattoo. I hated it. Oh, it I got hard. it on Friday the 13th. Because oh. uh, you ever hear of that? They do Friday the 13th tattoos at tattoo oh. shops where... Uh, any Friday the 13th, they have a whole item. board of tattoos, of little ones, right. and they'll give them to you for $20, and the line's always going out the door, you wait there, right. you get a cheap little tattoo, and I went when I was 18, and I was like, I just want a tattoo, so I right. got this little New Jersey thing, 
I literally hated it, like, right afterwards. I was like, this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was going to get it lasered off, but it was, like, $1,200. Right. That. Uh, and then I, th- I was watching Pirates of the Caribbean, and I saw this scene unfolding where the uh, the squid has its arms wrapped around right. the ship. And I was like, oh, my... that's I can have that tattoo and never regret it the day right. of my life. And it's true. I don't... I love this tattoo. I've never regretted it. I've never gotten it. You probably get this question a lot with it. Did it hurt to get it? Yeah, it didn't. It hurt, like, on the bone uh, uh, between yeah. my shoulder and my bicep, like, here. Because there's bone right there. Right. Um, That hurt the most, but besides that, it was kind of therapeutic, like, uh, you know, like, acupuncture. Right. Like, I, I could have just sat there and fell asleep, because it... And in a weird way, it felt good. Ah. Uh, yeah, but I guess I'm just a... I'm just a psycho, so <laughs> I enjoy stuff like that. Yeah. Because some people really don't enjoy the pain. Right. Um, yeah. And also, there's different areas of your body that hurt more. Like, this isn't a bad spot at all. It's right oh, on my yeah. arm, so there's, that's not a lot of pain. Right. People say the ribs are terrible. Oh, I bet, You know, yeah. like your legs or your feet or something are, are oh, really yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I am just so happy that you were able to come by and do it this way, because I was like... Yeah, I don't. I don't like doing it online. No, it's it's good. It's yeah. I, I'm actually happy that you live close by because it's like that's perfect. It's like that's what I want to do more. I want to like. There's a podcasting studio, uh, a shared universe. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they like charge a lot. I think, to, I think it's like fifty an hour. Yeah, which isn't know. like too bad, but it's like getting over there is far from me, so it's like a little far. So it's like okay, I'll just do this for now, and I like. I like sort of the DIY of it a little bit. It's like, I'm not a technical person. Like, you're probably pretty good with, you know, your experience. Yeah, I, yeah I've learned a lot. I, well, I mean, when I was in school, I did media production. I learned yeah. how to produce all the content. And I don't know. I love, I kind of like that side of it. Like, if comedy never worked out for me, I'm fine being, like, the, the tech guy setting up right. this podcast. That shit's fun. Yeah, uh, it, it's cool to have that, like, side thing that you can do. And it's like, yeah, that's the, yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's support. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm just gonna stop this here.